0: Your precious name, Lord Jesus. We do pray this. And pray that you would bless Pastor Steve as he brings this message to us this morning. And in your precious name, we do pray. Amen. 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 Um, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah today. And Christmas Day is sort of like the first day of the season of Christmas, at least from the church sense the standpoint of the church. And it goes all the way through January 6th. So there's like 12 whole days of the season of Christmas. Normally we we treat Christmas as like the final day that we look forward to. But in the church, Christmas is like the first day. And then we get to celebrate for 12 days after that. And... Usually the first Sunday after that season, there's a few scriptures that we typically read this time of year. One of them is from Isaiah 60, which we'll read in a few minutes from now. And then we also recognize um, scriptures from Matthew chapter 2, which is the story of the wise men traveling all that distance, following the star, guided by its light, to come to do what? To see the Christ child, the one that had been prophesied would come. And Isaiah and other prophets pointed to this hundreds of years earlier. One of the Christmas carols is "O little town of Bethlehem. And one of the lines in it is, in the dark streets shineth. And so one of the things that's really important this time of year, and we're well aware of this, is we we suffer from super short days, which means we have a lot more darkness. I was, uh, I think I told Ray this, I, I looked outside last night and it was so dark and I, it just felt like it was 11 o'clock at night and I wanted to go to bed. And then I looked at the clock and it said 6.28 p.m. And I was like, is it too early to go to bed at 6.28 p.m.? It's just so dark outside. We have so little light. But one of the things that, We finally had a little bit of break in the rain, and I was able to see some of the stars. And actually, even this morning when I got up, the moonlight was still coming down. Last year, they launched a brand-new space telescope, and it's the biggest, most powerful space telescope that human beings have ever had before. And they sent it closer to the sun. There's this little point between the Earth and the sun where it... Uh, It's able to sort of be in, in more shadow, and so it's able to take really cool pictures of things that we've never been able to see before. It's already produced some of the most amazing detailed images. This is one of the pictures that it has sent back. This is called, this is sort of known as the Cosmic Cliffs. And we've had a picture of something like this before, but it's sort of like... If you think back to your old television, maybe even those of you that had black and white television, and you think of the picture, and then suddenly you get your first HD, and then you get your first maybe 4K experience, this is sort of like the 4K, even more than that compared to what they've seen before. This picture, this little part of it here, is light years wide. It's almost so massive that our brains can't even really comprehend the distances involved here. This is a star nursery. This is called um, the Carina Nebula. And the particular telescope that shot this picture is really sensitive to infrared light. That's a part of the light spectrum that our eyes cannot see. And the cool thing about it is we've, they've, we're now able to see stars that we never knew even existed before. Billions. Billions, probably trillions, like way more than our mind can ever comprehend. This image showed previously invisible areas of star birth. This is where stars get born in structures like this. All this hot, Gas and hot dust that just comes together and it sends off radiation and light, and stars like this are born. These little points of light remind us that we are a part of something that's far larger and far bigger than we are. The vastness of the universe beyond our comprehension. We're just past the celebration of Jesus' birth at Christmas and his first nursery was a stable and it was a point in history where the light of the world had come to earth. As we look up in the darkness of the sky, we won't be able to see quite this level of detail even if we have our glasses or contacts on, but we're reminded of just how dark and vast and lonely the universe is. And yet, so full of light at the same time. It's both. Light makes a huge difference in the vastness of space. As we read a few verses from the prophet Isaiah this morning, we imagine how people would react to hear that the light was indeed coming. Because when the light enters in, everything changes everything now when you read isaiah it's a little bit difficult to just jump right in without a little bit of context of what's going on at that at this point in the biblical story at this point when this section of scripture is recorded god's people are returning from captivity they had been exiled for a time because of all of the mistakes that they had made their sin The glory days of the nation and the people are gone. All the good days of blessing and plenty, those Bible verses that we read about a land overflowing with milk and honey, kind of that image of overflowing blessing, gone. They return back to their homeland, to Jerusalem. The temple destroyed, Jerusalem in ruins. And the people are wondering, this is what we're coming back to the memories still live of what things used to be in the people. They yearn for those days of living in God's favor and experiencing God's blessing. But before announcing that the light is on its way, the coming light, Isaiah actually details the troubled times that God's people had inflicted on themselves Let me read a few verses from the previous chapter, Isaiah 59, verses 12 through 16. For our offenses are many in your sight, and our sins testify against us. Our offenses are ever with us, and we acknowledge our iniquities, rebellion and treachery against the Lord, turning our backs on our God inciting revolt and oppression, uttering lies our hearts have conceived. So justice is driven back, and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets. Honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes a prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So this is that picture that Isaiah is first painting. It's not a very nice picture. It's a very hopeless picture. But it's one that's self-inflicted. The people had turned from God, and this is all that had happened as a result. In fact, if you read Isaiah chapter 58 and 59, most of that is depressing, it's like a painting that's only in black and white and shades of gray. There's very little color and brightness in those chapters at all. It paints a picture of a dreary life. Yet in the dark streets shineth. In the midst of everything going on and everything that was going against the people, a disaster of their own making, a people devoid of hope, it is in that moment that God decides to announce what he plans to do. He decides to act. Isaiah 59, 16, the last part of that verse says, so his own arm achieved salvation for him and his own righteousness sustained him. When none could be found in humankind, God himself said, I will do this thing. I will do this new thing. It goes on in verse 20 and it says this, the Redeemer will come to Zion to those in Jacob who repent of their sins, declares the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them. This is God's promise to his people. This is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you will not depart from you. And my words that I have put in your mouth will always be on your lips, on the lips of your children and on the lips of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. And whenever you read in the Bible, thus saith the Lord, it's said as a guarantee that this is what will and has happened. God acts And makes a promise to his people, to those who have turned back to him, those who continue to listen to his words, those who follow him faithfully. After this decidedly dark and gloomy and dreary picture that Isaiah writes just a few verses earlier, it's sort of like this time of year when it's dark outside and we have lots of rain and fog and just darkness everywhere. That time of year where you'd rather just stay inside and stay warm this is when god decides to act hope and promise come from the lord that carol o little town of bethlehem says o little town of bethlehem how still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by i should have sung it this morning but i decided not to Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. So yes, as we just sang, my heart will sing no other name, Jesus. And suddenly the dreary picture that Isaiah paints gets a blast of color that shocks and shakes the people into a new reality. Isaiah 60 verses one through four. Let me read them for us. This morning, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. In essence, God says, I know you can't see hope right now. I know you can't see much of anything good right now. But God says, stand up. The light has come. And he doesn't just say it as a good idea. He actually commands it. Arise, shine. He commands his people to do these things, to shine forth. The Lord has delivered you a new day dawns. God's glory has come upon you. Whenever God's glory comes upon you, it's like the holiness of God just enshrouds you and you can't help but respond in praise and thanks to God. God speaks to his people in such a way, lighting the way at a time when everything seemed dark and hopeless. And once again, he says, lift up your eyes and begin to believe in the power and presence of God. Of who I am. God's people then needed a message of hope amid hopelessness, a message of light against the darkness. What is that message today? I would say it's probably the same exact message. We also need a message of hope amid hopelessness. We need to remind ourselves and be reminded that the light has indeed come. A new day is dawning. In other parts of the Bible, it says, don't look back, forget the past, look ahead to what is coming down the pike. That's my translation. How is the Lord speaking truth this morning to you to illuminate the way? Maybe for you it's that in this particular year you need that to hold on to that hope of a new day dawning. For some of you the previous year is altogether a forgettable one. And you need that hope of a new day. Maybe you need that hope that it's the light of Jesus that can overshadow all darkness and despair. Maybe it's a message of mercy that the Lord has and will continue to rescue you out of the gloom that surrounds you. Arise, shine. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This time of year, it's always encouraging to imagine and speak about light, light coming against the darkness. We wait for those longer days in reality but also at a deeper level of the light of Jesus coming into the world. God calls his people, both then and us today, to get up. That the light actually should move us in some way. Prompt a reaction as the light shines forth and hope rises. The Lord wants us to shine forth, to reflect his light and love out into a world that desperately needs light amid the darkness. It's what God's people either forgot or chose not to see in the beginning when Isaiah was first written. And sometimes we forget that today as well. We know that light is most effective when it can fully shine forth. Who remembers that song that maybe, maybe some people learn as a kid about a light and something about a bushel basket? This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine This little light of mine I'm going to let it shine Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine All right, we could sing it forever if we wanted to Hide it under a bushel No! I'm going to let it shine Light is most effective when it can fully shine When you put something over your candle It goes out Light is attractive. Light is a hope bringer. It's a spirit lifter. It's a kickstart motivator. It draws our eye and it piques our interest. And it doesn't end there. God makes a promise as to what will happen when his people actually listen and follow his word. He says this. I already read it for us. Let me read it again. The Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Verse two. And then verse three. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. That actually the world is drawn to the light. You yourself are not the light as we read in the Bible. But we are called to reflect the light of Christ. And when we do that, It is attractive. People, nations, the world is drawn to it. Some of you know this to be true in your own life from some of the people around you, that when you reflect the light of Christ, it has that attractive quality. It draws us in. The Lord wants us to see and know that actually something happens when we walk with him and work with him. And in case we don't fully believe what God promises, he tells us in verse four, get your eyes off of the ground. Look up. Stop looking at the ground. See what's happening around you. See what I am doing. I'll admit this happens to me too, but sometimes we get preoccupied. We keep looking at the ground. We keep going inward and at all of the chaos that's just right around us and we forget to raise our eyes up and look at what the Lord is doing. It reminds me of that verse, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34. As we enter a new year, perhaps the previous one was memorable for you and maybe it'll be a, a springboard that you need to what God has started. If that's true for you, then let the promises of God actually propel you forward in these coming days and months. Maybe last year for you was forgettable and you need a fresh start. Lift up your eyes and see that the light of the world is here. You too can also let the promises of God through Isaiah lift your spirit and lift your vision higher and allow you to move forward. Whether you are in the former or the latter category, the message is still the same. Stand up, arise, shine forth. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Lift up your eyes and see what happens when the light shines brightly. I want to read a couple verses from Matthew. When the light of the world was born into the world. Matthew chapter 2, just a couple verses about the wise men visiting. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one? who has been born King of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And then later on in the chapter, down in verse 9, the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There was something about the light of the world that attracted even people that did not know who Jesus was or perhaps even knew very little about what God was doing in the world. But something drew them to him. That's always been true of Jesus and it's true even today. In a few moments, we're going to have an opportunity to come to the table for communion the first time of the year. But it's always a good opportunity. Um, And if you don't have one of these, if we could have someone help just kind of pass out these little sheets of paper and envelopes. And if you didn't hear what I said earlier about them, it's a good time to look ahead to the coming year. Now, everyone can do one of these today. And if you need something to write on, we even have little clipboards for you. There's five little statements on here. And if you are small or young, you can also do one, or maybe you want to draw something or you can help them later with this. Some of the things that you are hoping for in this year. A hope, a goal, a commitment, a dream, and a prayer that you have for this year. And I want to give you the opportunity for a few minutes to write some things down. And once you have something down, you're going to seal it up in the envelope, and you're going to put your name and your address on it. I'm going to mail this back to you next December. No one is going to see this except for you and you alone, unless you decide to tell me about it. You'll have an opportunity to see, okay, how has... The Lord led me through 2023. All of us have certain hopes and dreams for this upcoming year. And those are good to have. But we also need to commit and recommit ourselves to the way of God. As you write, remember that these statements are for you. It's like a conversation between you and the Lord. They're not for your child or your grandchild or your spouse or your brother or sister or another family member. It's a conversation between you and God. I know we have a lot of people out with sicknesses today, so if you have another person in your household that isn't here today and you want to take one of these home for them, uh, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, We have a little basket at the table right back there. Um, with the little purple cloth on it, and you can put your envelopes in there. I really want to encourage you to to do it before you go. Uh, You can certainly take it home with you, but I know that if you do that, the chance of it getting back to me um, decreases, sort of like when we were in school, and you know how they used to like safety pin the little note from the teacher and then uh, trying to increase the the return rate. Um, So when you're done, you can certainly do it there. If you need more time, that is perfectly okay.